0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got 'em screaming, DLo, KC, DLo, KC, DLo, KC, DLo. We got got 'em screaming, DLo, KC, DLo, KC, DLo, DLo. We D-Lo. a number one spot. We a number one spot for some sports, huh? Got the city going crazy when we work, huh? We top two, but we ain't two. We in first, huh? And when you need the real, we is who you search, huh? DLo, KC, DLo, KC, DLo, KC, DLo number one spot. young zell there with the open
1: and hammer come on james it's a victory thursday baby you know what that means we gotta light the beam sacramento kings get the win last night 119 110 young zell let's light it up come on
0: They forgot we some Sacramento Kings Whole squad going crazy Yeah we back with it Northern Cali going crazy one sack winning If you doubted us then ain't no back spinning This is real right here Ain't no catfishing Uh so tell me what you see now Coming down the lane off the rebound It's 16 now Look towards the sky like
1: the beam now. Tell them like the beam like the... Tell like them the like beam. the beam! Our man Young Zell right there with the intro and the victory anthem. And we welcome you in here to the Thursday, February 2nd edition of d and KC. I'm Damian Barley.
0: Acknowledge me!
1: He is the creator of the Kings Beat and our ESPN 1320 Kings insider. Uh, James Ham, sitting in uh, for Kenny Carraway today. Uh, Kenny's traveling across the country with his family. He'll be back with us. On Monday, James. Come on, man. You got I, I saw you bobbing your head a little bit to that young Zelby.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's good
1: stuff. It's good stuff,
2: uh, I'm man. I'm not gonna drop I'm not gonna drop Drake
1: bars. That's but what every that's that is literally what everyone <laughs> is asking. Is are we getting ham bars uh here today? Yeah, probably not gonna happen. Uh, probably not what? gonna happen. Maybe maybe Matt George will bust out in some bars for uh, us. Oh uh, maybe Matt George. Mm. All right. Uh, Matt George will be with us, of course, in the three o'clock hours. It's Batty Thursday. Olivia Christian will be with us coming up. One seventeen. Brendan Nunez coming up uh, at two seventeen. We got a full show for you today. We'll be talking a lot about the Sacramento Kings. Um, we've also got uh, the All Star announcement. Now those will be announced on TNT at four. We're going to keep the live stream. We're going to keep the video stream live following the show, so we could be together uh, when those announcements are made. Announcements are made. However. I've been working the phones this morning and I'm trying to get us uh, a nod as to whether De'Aaron Fox has made the all-star team. I think everybody is under the belief to Sabonis is making it. We're all inquiring about De'Aaron Fox. Um, you said yesterday, you're feeling pretty confident based on some things you heard that that, 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 that De'Aaron is making it. I've heard similar things, but I also got a text that says, man, clutch sports doesn't even know if he made it. So, Uh, we'll, if, if we have the opportunity to bring that to you early, we definitely will. The announcements are scheduled for four o'clock. We'll keep the YouTube and Twitch stream live. Uh, when that happens, we'll have a whole lot of fun from now until then. I assure you, because James, as you know, covering this team for a long time, you don't get to experience this often. It's a lot more fun doing these types of shows and having these types of conversations, uh, when the Kings win as they did last night yeah winning
2: cures all right and it's really interesting De'Aaron fox has always held to this belief that he's not concerned about making the all-star team he's he's been asked about it multiple times in the past and he's always like like look if we're good as a team then i should be there and we'll i'll get that sort of consideration if we're good if we're not good then i won't I, i won't get invited and uh We're finally at a point where he's on a good team and he's got a very good opportunity uh to make the to make the all-star team this year and you know i don't know what the number is like how confident we are uh but you know i've heard in nba circles that there's some optimism that he will be announced tonight as a starter i mean not as a starter as a as an all-star um
1: but uh we're gonna have to wait and see because i'm not convinced until it happens yeah uh we're obviously all really really anxious for that but it helps that Uh, Not only did the Sacramento Kings win last night, but the two guys who should have their name called later on this afternoon had absolutely monster games. 65 combined points uh, from DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. 34 for Domas, 31 uh, for De'Aaron Fox. Uh, That was a big-time performance on the eve of these All-Star announcements
2: yeah I mean this team just keeps putting it together and I mean you never know what you're gonna get uh when you go into a place like San Antonio it's a place that the Kings have played they've struggled with for years and years uh this is a different version of the San Antonio Spurs they're a lot easier to beat but they still know how to play basketball they still play hard uh they lost two starters early in the game which opened the door for the Kings um but Sacramento never put them away I mean that was one of those games where I mean, you had Fox and Sabonis going. All of a sudden, you had Malik Monk going. And then you're just waiting for one or two other players to step up. Harrison Barnes ended up scoring, I think, eight points in the fourth quarter. And he hit a couple of big threes, had a nice dunk. And that's kind of what puts you over
1: the top. So it's good to see that the Kings can win in a bunch of different types of ways. Yeah, Malik Monk of a, 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 a huge night for him. We'll spend a lot of time uh, talking about him as as the day progresses as well. I want to focus on on De'Aaron and Domas for a second because there are two things that really stood out in this game. I thought De'Aaron really asserted himself early again, and yet somehow it paled in comparison to what Demontis Sabonis did early in the game with 17 first quarter points. He they put the stat line up when he was at the free throw line and i was so stunned by it i thought it was wrong i hadn't pulled up the box score i didn't have the computer in front of me i was just kind of watching the game and i knew domas had been scoring but i didn't realize at that at that time i think he was at 15 i didn't realize he had scored that i think he had 15 and 5 or something like that before he wound up finishing the quarter with 17 and 5 i i i, I was absolutely convinced that the 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 graphic on the screen was wrong yeah he went from 11 points to 17 in like 30 seconds
2: like it was they just kept feeding him and he kept going right back to the line plus you know he hit a three-point shot that's how he got to 11. um and he hadn't been hitting many yeah I think he's he's three of his last 18 or something like that he really hasn't taken a lot of threes but he also hasn't hit a lot of threes and uh he just decided to go right at uh Pirtle and then when they went to Zach Collins it's just like he was abusing Zach Collins that that got ugly Um, And he was forceful and looked like that was his goal, was to go in there and at least score 20, 25 points. Uh, The fact that he had a season high, what, 34? Mm -hmm. um, You know, had me looking up his career high, which I think is 42, which he scored last year as a member of the Indiana Pacers. Um, So you're just watching him like he was so aggressive. The one thing I will say is that he didn't have a lot of assists. Um, I'll blame some of that on the fact that the Kings couldn't hit a three-point shot at all. And so once the three-point shot wasn't falling, you saw Sabonis really go into attack mode on the offensive end and kind of forget about the, hey, if they're not going to hit them, I'm going to stop passing him, and I'm going to start going to the rim and getting uh, buckets the easy
1: way. Yeah, that's a, you know, that'll be another kind of storyline of the game we spend some time talking about today is that uh, the fact that this team, the Sacramento Kings, weren't able to hit the three For the second straight game, it's really the third straight game, but for the second straight game, they were able to win without hitting the three, and I think that tells uh, a a story in itself. Uh, The exact numbers uh, for Domas in that first quarter, seven of nine for that 17 points, five rebounds. For De'Aaron Fox, three of five in the first quarter uh, for seven points, just one assist in that one. Of course, both of those guys uh, wound up with a double-double, Domas having that uh, points-rebounds double-double. De'Aaron Fox having 31-10 and 10, uh, with double digits in the assist category. That was an impressive performance by those two last night. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think we got to
2: halftime. The team was 2-15 of 15 from three, mm-hmm. and the two makes, one was by Fox right in the beginning of the game, and one was by Sabonis. That's how bad it was. Yeah. I mean, when you're not getting any production out of – Kevin Herter, Keegan Murray went 0 for eight on the night. Yeah, that's crazy. Over over six from three, and he missed his two first free throws. He didn't score until there was thirty seconds left in the game when he got to the free throw line and hit a pair of free throws. So really uh really wild that they were able to hold on and win. Even he gets I mean, like look, these are still NBA players. And, you know, people got to see a little Josh Richardson, you mm-hmm. know, if you yeah. like just pack him up, throw him in a suitcase and bring him with you. I mean, if, if you're the Kings, that's what he was really good. Uh, he might not be the elite defender that some of these other guys are, but he's a really good three and D guy, uh, veteran player. And, you know, it, it was a, it was a gritty performance. That's what you need from the Kings at this point. Just win. Don't, don't worry about ugly.
1: If it's pretty like, don't worry about it. Just, just get the win. And the probably the only elite defender that we're talking about. Right. In this, in this, in these trade discussions that we had over the last couple of days.
2: Yeah, um, you know, Josh Richardson is a very good defender. Um, I would put him like a plus dep- defender at the NBA level. And uh, who's the other uh, Darius Basley. Darius Basley is actually a very good defender. Okay. Um, you know, he's a guy that is really, really solid and has developed on that end. He's a bit of a mess and a bit erratic on the offensive end. But defensively, he not only like can he block shots, you know, he average uh, average to block a game. Um, I think it was last season. Uh, he's a guy that can, you know, he's long. He's that athletic. He can get up and down the court. Yeah, I think it was you who tweeted he looks like he's auditioning. I did. I did tweet <laughs> that. Yeah, he he did look like he was auditioning. Like he heard the memo. He got the memo like, hey, yeah. they
1: might be interested in you. I'm like, okay, get yeah. me out of here. Yeah. 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 Mon- Mon- Monty should have just walked across the hall and knocked on the door. Hey. What what are we doing? Like let's 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 get this done. I want to take this kid with me to Indiana uh, because we've got business to attend to on 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 Friday against the Pacers. Uh, Who, by the way, we're playing the second night of a back to back. Uh, Pacers play the Lakers tonight. Uh, I I don't Tyrese is still listed as questionable. I don't believe he's uh, uh, that status has changed. At least the last time I looked, uh, Tyrese has still been listed. Uh, as questionable my belief has always been he would want to come back like if I don't know if they would have him come back and play three games in four days because they do play on Sunday uh, obviously wins depending on their approach the rest of the season are pretty valuable for them moving forward I do believe the Kings game means something to him in Indiana but I also know LeBron James is his favorite player so he you know I if, if he has the opportunity to choose which game he comes back I I'm not 100% positive he doesn't choose tonight's game, but part of me believes he's going to come back tomorrow, and that puts him in a good position to play Friday and Sunday.
2: Yeah, I think that's a very good call. Uh, I would assume that he's going to try to go tonight, but with the idea that he will go tomorrow against Sacramento. um, And, you know, LeBron is, what is he, 89 points away from breaking the uh, all-time scoring record. Uh, So there's going to be a lot of eyes on that game. So maybe he does want to go play. Maybe he wants to you know, jump in the fray and get on some some highlight clips, whether it's a good way or a bad way. Um uh, because you know every highlight clip tonight is going to be the countdown with LeBron. If he plays, he's questionable as well as it looks
1: like tonight. I think that's going to happen a lot. I believe that LeBron is timing this for a specific game. I don't think he wants to break uh the record on the road. Um and I don't think he's going for ninety tonight in Indiana either. So uh they they <laughs> they've got some really big time marquee uh, primetime games coming up in the, in the, in the, in the very near future. Uh, we'll step out. We'll come back. James, there's a lot more uh, we got to talk about as it pertains to this game. Uh, the defensive effort uh, from this team, want to talk about that, want to get back into the three-point shooting uh, as well. We talked about Olivia Christian being with us, Brendan Nunez, uh, uh, Matt George. That's all coming up. If we get any all-star news, we'll pass that along to you. We're just getting started. It's D-Lo and Casey with James Ham sitting in for Kenny Caraway here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. And KC continues, streaming live on the Odyssey app. Hey, James, the beat's right there for you if you want to. You know, Kenny's out. Kings won last night. I mean, <laughs> ham bars. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. All right. No ham bars. <laughs> uh, maybe Ham will uh, drop a rhyme or two on happy hour tonight. Uh, he's got an off-the-record uh, happy hour with uh, Elaine Moisan, who covered the Kings. Uh, back in the day, always one of the more interesting columnists to read uh, in the Sacramento Bee. She's going to be a part of Happy Hour tonight, and you can be a part of Happy Hour as well by becoming a premium subscriber over at The King's Beat. Head to the thekingsbeat.com uh, for more details. You get lots of exclusive content with, with uh, uh, being a premium subscriber at, at The King's, King's Beat, but nothing beats these, these off the records, absolutely nothing yeah the off the record is just so much fun
2: and aileen's gonna be a great guest like I- i've known her for a long time like her stories are crazy her like her career is just absolutely amazing um and it- it'll be fun yeah she's gonna go no holds barred
1: i that's believe be, it yeah right. that's kind of who she is so yeah. it'll be fun yeah i absolutely believe it uh i'm looking forward to to this one as I as I look forward to all of them here. And, and one thing that I, I was looking forward to last night was seeing if the Sacramento Kings could continue the defensive effort that they put out against Minnesota. And De'Aaron Fox kept using the word uh, the other night, disruptive. He was talking about being disruptive on the defensive end. And I feel like that might be a Mike Brown term or that might be, be, be a coaching staff term but being disruptive on the defensive end. I thought they did a really good job against that against Minnesota. The question was, would they be car- able to carry that over uh, into this game against San Antonio? And I thought that they did. They wound up giving up 30 in the first quarter. I think 31 to be exact in the first quarter. But early, I, I, I thought that they were out there working. Like I really like the effort that they put out there defensively to start the game.
2: Yeah, you know what? I think Mike Brown is is taking a different approach. That's what we're seeing at this point, Um, because like throughout the season, every coach is different on how they want their players to attack passing lanes, to be disruptive. You know, certain coaches deflections are really, really high on their their list of things that that they want from their defenders. I know Dave Yeager. That's why he loved Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple is one of the best deflection guys in the league. Um, But what we've seen so far this season is Mike Brown is really stuck to his guns on his he's his defensive principles and his defensive principles don't include gambling. And I think over the last like week, we're seeing him go, OK, we're going to try something different. We're going to go for deflections. We're going to try to be disruptive. We're going to try to um, throw different looks at teams, because if we can't beat someone with our base set, then we're probably gonna you know keep getting in these shootouts so the good thing is we're seeing steals go up uh the team is 19th in the league in steals right now but that number is starting to move upwards Mm. and I think that that's the best way to hide some of your deficiencies you know again De'Aaron Fox is like incredibly quick if you let him play more like a safety than you do like a cover corner you're you're gonna get a lot of deflections you're gonna get a lot of you know uh, the the steals the the fast break points going the other way that's what we saw where they if they got any separation it came on the fast breaks uh last night and so i think it's something that mike is is like sort of testing like hey can we play better defense using this style and i think that's a good thing yeah this you know it, you're getting easy looks Uh, Malik Monk won the defensive player of the game he had a couple of steals here Fox had three steals you're starting to see this accumulation of steals between everybody though
1: yeah and I think sometimes when we talk about defense and I'm probably guilty of this to a to a certain degree as well and maybe even Mike Brown is we talk about defense we, we 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 think of teams like you know Boston or Milwaukee or someone who can hold a team to, you know, 102, 103, 104, 105, those types of numbers. And sometimes defense, especially for a team like Sacramento, is just it's it's getting stops like in key moments. It's being active. It's not giving up easy baskets either on the perimeter or in the paint. It's, it's, it's jumping the pass. It's things like you were just describing. And while that's not going to be a league-leading defense – that can also be a defense that doesn't force Kings fans to bang their head against the wall.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's what you have to – you have to work with what you have. Right. Right? And I think Mike has is, is got to a point where he's starting to understand that there are limitations to what his team – I mean, I think he knew coming in, but he's he's really understanding now that, like, look, this is who my team is. So if it's not working this way, if I can't just – Like, I've got to turn something up. I've got to tinker in some way. He's tried tinkering with players and and using different players off the bench. You're KZ Akpala or or Rashawn Holmes or uh, uh, Chemezi Metu. You've tried these different looks. But what you're finding is that if you just tell the guys to, hey, aggressively go get the ball. Like this, it's just uh, the Spurs aren't a great ball handling team. They're a team that turns the ball over. So take advantage of that. Same thing with Minnesota. They're a team that turns the ball over. Take advantage of that fact and really force them into bad decisions. And I think that's where the Kings, like they have the speed and the quickness. Uh, you know, of course domas isn't great on the perimeter. We all know that but he's actually been really solid inside You can shoot over the top of him for sure but like that's a lot more on the guards letting guys get in or not, you know Being active in the passing lanes and letting a ball get down to a big man too low Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is just another form of tinkering that we're gonna see from from mike And he said in the past like he doesn't value steals and he doesn't value blocks and I, I've always said, like, I don't value blocks uh, because they're not a true turnover. Steals, on the other hand, are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can get a block, it goes right back to the other team, and the guy dunks on you. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think they're kind of – it's an interesting stat, and it's it's a good thing to have at least one or two guys that can block shots, but it's not something that I'm, I'm really worried about in a game. And it's not – you know, you go back to the, the – Warriors last season with Mike Brown as their defensive coordinator one of the worst block teams in the league um and it didn't matter they're number two in the league in defensive rating like that's a good defensive team
1: yeah Will Z noted uh the Kings had 12 deflections last night after having 18 uh the previous game so uh it speaks to the activity uh, that they've had the disruption uh that they've been able to have uh, on that defensive end the last couple of days you used the word tinkering a second ago, and that brings to mind, what do you think of the fact that Mike went to Terrence Davis again last night? Uh, if I'm like really looking at
2: what we're seeing, I think he's showing people around the league that Terrence Davis is perfectly healthy and ready to play. So I would say they're, they're not showcasing him as in they're giving him 10 shots a game um, because this team is trying to win, and they're not going to wait around to see if a player you know it is hot or cold um, but what I think they are doing is they're showing you know teams around the league like look this is a a good quality young player that's healthy and they can help somebody he's just not someone who's fitting in with what they're doing right now um, you know it, it it's really more about like Malik Monk and Kevin Herter than it is about Terrence Davis and uh, you know Mike relies very heavily on both of those guys and there's just not a lot of minutes at that shooting guard position. Sometimes he goes small and it opens a window for uh, for TD to play a little bit more at the three. But, you know, they, they want a defensive-minded player for that three. You can see sort of the rumors and what they're looking for, the names that we're hearing. They all have one thing in common, is that they play defense. And that's not Terrence's specialty. He's not a horrible defender, but he's also erratic
1: on that end, just like he is on the offensive end. I don't think that's a real thing. I don't think showcasing is a thing. I you
0: think, don't think that's
1: so? no, I think that's something. I literally think that's something we created, like fans created it, like people created it. Why, why is this happening? Oh, they must be showing them off so they can trade them. Like, I, 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 I absolutely don't believe with the approach that this team has this season and right now that they're trying to show the league like anything. I think he went to Terrence because Terrence. I I, I think when he went to him, um, I don't remember the night. I don't remember w- w- what game it was. I don't. I don't have the memory that Kenny Kenny does. But I remember Mike praised him. Like he he made it a point to point out what Terrence Davis did on the offensive end and the defensive end. And I feel like since then, he's given him a little bit of a look. Now I think all of the minutes were a little bit goofy last night because of the way uh, Malik Monk was playing, and, and, and we'll get to that. And, and Terrence only wound up playing nine minutes, but I don't believe there's anything to read into that. What I do think there's something to read into is that he went to him early again, and I feel like I, th- I thought Terrence was fine. Like, you, he, you know, sometimes he needs to be coached up on the defensive end and reminded of a few things. I don't feel like that was the case yesterday, and I don't feel like that was the case a couple of days ago in Minnesota either.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, when I look at Terrence and, and the reason why I say I, I don't think they're showcasing him, because for me, showcasing is different. Showcasing is when you, like basically what Josh Richardson was doing last night. Mm-hmm. You knew a player, you know, might be uh, on their list. And so you want him to go out there. Hey, man, go out there and have a great game. And if and if you can show them something that they haven't seen from your game that makes them more interested in you, then that's great. Right. Right. Um, But when it comes to Terrence, I I don't think that they're showcasing him in that way. I think they're showcasing him more to say, like, look, he's healthy. He's ready to play. He's he's just not in our rotation. Mm -hmm. And, And this is something that they did with Marvin Bagley last year where, you know, he sat what the first 14 out of the first 15 games. Of the season and then they they finally put him in for a couple of games and it was more just to say hey look there's nothing wrong with him we're just going a different direction and so i I think it's possible that that might be what they're doing with terrence uh yeah with terrence Mm -hmm. but it's also like look if they don't end up making a deal at the deadline you might need him you might need him down the stretch to provide some sort of bench punch and you know it's a it's a player that the kings when they do have an injury they go to him as their starter so it's not like they They don't like him. He's just a guy who, you know, is buried on a depth chart.
1: Brendan Nunez tweeted a a few days ago. I was looking to see the exact day uh, that he tweeted it, but I'm not going to be able to find it quick enough. Uh, But essentially what he said was, go ahead and just give uh, Keegan Murray the rookie of the month now. Uh, Will the NFL listen to Brendan Nunez, who's going to join us uh, coming up at about 2.17? Uh, as Keegan Murray and Paolo Banquero were named the NBA Western and Eastern Conference Rookies of the Month uh, for the the month of January. Keegan was extraordinary. Obviously, last night was weird. Just one of those nights that happened. (laughs) Uh, I was really happy he got to the foul line at the end of the game. Those two points felt fantastic. Uh, It felt so much better than than a goose egg. Um, But... Uh, that's the start of February. He can work on winning that. He can work on winning the 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 February Rookie of the Month honors. Uh, he's got plenty of time left to do that. But fourteen points, nearly six rebounds, uh, which is a hell of a stat. After getting called out by Mike Brown for having zero in forty nine point five percent from the free uh, three point line in the month of January for Keegan Murray.
2: Yeah, he's growing right in front of our eyes. It's it's really really cool to watch. He's uh, he's a really smart young kid. Um, his confidence is growing. You're getting to see him take teams off the dribble a little bit. He tried to, he tried to catch a body last night and barely missed a dunk every once in a while. You're going to have one of those games where nothing falls and and it can just be like a weird matchup or a weird sight lane in a building that you've never been in. Like there are all kinds of reasons why you can have a bad shooting night. Um, but what he's been able to do, you know, with the, the prodding of Mike Brown Uh, like Mike Brown wants him to, to be more than just a three point shooter. And like his response on the, on the rebounding side has just been spectacular this month. And it's something that he has to keep continue to grow. If he can be a guy who averages six, seven rebounds a game, this is a great rebounding team right now. They're still in the top five as far as defensive rebounding percentage. If he can get up to, you know, six, seven a game, they become one of
1: the best rebounding teams in the league. Hopefully that's the first of several positive announcements we make regarding uh, Sacramento Kings today. You mentioned Keegan uh, rebounding uh, this month, and, and, and obviously no one will be able to not draw you know a direct correlation to uh, Mike Brown and that post game press conference where he called Keegan Murray out for playing 30 minutes and having zero rebounds. And it feels like Mike has a way of connecting with players. He has the, uh, a way of getting the most out of players in, in situations like that. He very publicly did that. He kind of tiptoed around some Malik Monk criticism uh, as well. A few nights later, both of those guys have responded. We, you know, we we've we've heard and have seen uh, him get on Terrence Davis uh, on, on, on the court and behind the scenes before. I I, I feel like Terrence responds. Uh, he has a way of of getting through to these players
2: yeah I mean even last night we were watching um and shout out to the director on on the Kings broadcast and, and his team uh Mike Bird he's been catching these moments where Mike Brown is coaching on the on the court like during timeouts and it's just spectacular like what we're seeing from Mike Brown pulls Keegan Murray aside and you can see Keegan's like Hey man like look there are like fifteen thousand people in here looking at me plus cameras and he's coaching them and he's like look I, I don't care who's watching like we're gonna do this we're gonna you're gonna get this right right now i i don't have time to waste and and time for you to have a bad uh, offensive night but then let it bleed into your defensive night need you to be better and those are moments where mike really does he's empowering players by by really calling them out in the moment and it's uh, super impressive uh, I can't remember another coach that did this. And every coach has a different philosophy. But even if you look at the way he called out Keegan versus the way he called out Malik, that's a rookie getting called out versus a veteran getting called out. Very mm-hmm. subtle in one way. Uh, and that's where you start to really realize that Mike knows his players. Every player is different. How they react to like coaching is different. Uh, De'Aaron Fox has been very clear. He wants really, really... In your face coaching that's what he's used to It's what he enjoys he wants to be told when he's doing something right told when he's doing something wrong pushed by his head coach but that's just that's just him every player while you treat everybody the same you also treat everybody different. And so you have a basic rule, a set of rules that everyone has to live by, but then each of these individual players have their own sort of basics that you have to get through to, uh, you know, ways that you have to get through to them. And I think Mike brought, you know, he, again, threw Keegan under a bus. I was totally shocked by that, but then Keegan afterwards was like, look, that's fine. I'm used to hard coaching. That's I, I chose to go to Iowa where I knew that Fran McCaffrey was going to push me. Mm -hmm. And he's, so he's like, these are things that I'm used to. And it's something that I'm fine with. He's like, but I'll tell you that off the court, when we're done here, Mike is totally like a father figure to me. He's got his arm around me. He's helping me out. He's, he's getting me through some really tough times. And even Keegan mentioned it the other day, Keegan hasn't seen his twin brother, except for on FaceTime since August. Like, that's his twin. It's not just that they're brothers. They're identical twins. They spent every moment of their lives together. They had an apartment together at Iowa. They shared the same car. These are kids that, like, you you have to look out for that, you know. He's separated from somebody, so you need a family around him. And that's what I really feel like this year's Kings team is. It's it's more family
1: than any time I've ever seen it. And there's no greater evidence of that than the – Photos that are posted on uh, Sacramento Kings Twitter and Instagram following the games, especially after wins, uh, with that defensive player of the game uh, chain being handed out last night, given to Malik Monk. Again, we'll talk more about Malik here in just a few minutes. I want to stay on Keegan. I feel like we were together when that remark happened. Was that the Lakers game when 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 he called uh, when he called Keegan out? Was that the Lakers? Yeah, it was a okay. Lakers game. Yep, it, 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 that Lakers game feels like a turning point a little bit for this team that was a tough loss at home for a variety of different reasons you gave up 136 points i think uh in that one and like last night you 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 talked about you talked uh when we started the show about you know growth and i think the fact that this team has won two games in a row shooting poorly from three that feels like growth to me. Matt George, who will be with us in the final hour of the show, he he noted they're twenty six and ninety over their last three games, twenty eight percent, and they're two and one uh, over those last three games. That was something they were incredible at. Like as Kenny would say, scoring—that's their superpower, uh, being able to do that. And it's it just really hasn't been there. They got above that one four, uh, 114 point threshold that we've talked about this week, where if they get above that, they're like 26 and six or some odd absurd number like that. If they get below it, uh, the number's just as equally uh, absurd, just in the opposite direction. But it's not the 130, right? It's not when, when, and I think 130 was the number Mike Brown used when he said that's fool's gold. Like you can't, you can't win long-term like that. Well, you can win long-term like they played last night in the game before in Minnesota.
2: Yeah. I mean, if we look at that stretch of games, first of all, they've gone nine and three since that that Lakers game. Mm. Um, but that was the first game where they scored one hundred and thirty in their streak where they had five straight games where they scored one hundred and thirty. And the only one they games, lost. Yeah. Some yeah. of those games are perfectly fine, like one thirty six to 111, 135 to 115, 139 to one fourteen. Those are all blowouts, even the one thirty two to one nineteen. Those are all blowouts. So sometimes you can win that way but you don't want to rely on it. And so what we've seen since then is the defensive numbers are gotten better. You know, they're right now I think they're 21st or tied for 20th in the league in defensive rating. Um, you know, we're seeing them figure out ways to win games when shots aren't falling and a, a lot of that is just, you know, you have a an elite star center that can go get you buckets when when shots aren't falling. And you also have an elite elite Scorer in De'Aaron Fox who isn't really a three-point threat. I mean he is he's shooting like 32 33 percent on the season But where he really really dominates is at the rim and in the mid-range where he's shooting Well over 50 percent from the mid-range, which is spectacular. So this team does have a lot of different ways to score uh, But you you just can't keep relying on that every single night. You've got to be gritty You've got to have other ways that you can fight through and get victories.
1: Just keep staring at my phone, hoping to get a text about these all stars. I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, TNT was getting them like like the, the 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 Turner Group was getting them at twelve, and so I'd imagine Mike knows, Monty knows, the Kings know now. I actually thought the Kings knew last night. I was convinced the Kings knew last night until I got a text this, mor- this morning that said otherwise. But when Monty posted that tweet. With the with the, with the De'Aaron Domas uh, hug, and I think it just said All Stars. I was like, oh, Monty knows that's he's he's dropping a little dime for us. I was convinced they knew, but I guess yeah.
2: So. I I put that tweet out as one of my my six uh, my six quick thoughts that um, that like in NBA circles, there's a positive like momentum for him to get in. Um, like and again my source doesn't know for sure and no one knows for sure uh, but at the same time when i put that out it got aggregated by what Hoop, nba I think central it was Hoops. yeah yeah nba central and then it goes berserk and everyone's like filling up my timeline with crazy ant man hate and and all kinds of weird stuff like people are getting fights over damian lillard and it just it like spun out pretty good there and i just like sit back like i didn't even intend that to go like that um i was more like Hey, look, he's been great again. Another game where he's great. He's not good. He's great. And it's the reason why you are 29 and 21 on the season is Demonis Sabonis and Deer and Fox and the pieces you were able to put around them because you
1: knew you had two really, really good players. And that's why they're so good. Tell those dummies in Portland to pipe down. Dame Lillard's going to make the All-Star game. <laughs> Relax. Win some games and then worry about it. But Dame Lillard's going to make it. Calm down. Uh, One thing we didn't mention, we should, uh, season high and paints in the point. Uh, Run run that. Let's try that again. I'm going to hit the reset button on that. Season high on points in the paint. They scored 74 uh, yesterday. 74 points in the paint for the Kings.
2: Yeah, when the shots aren't falling from deep, be smart enough to to change it up. Mm -hmm. You know? And that's what we saw in the previous game. They still shot threes in the second half uh, against Minnesota, and they started to fall a little bit. Uh, But the first half, like it showed you that you might have an off night again. And like, look, these guys are in the dog days of the the season. You're looking at February whatever, February 11th, 12th, whenever the All-Star break happens. That's like all of these guys have that circled on their calendars. They're exhausted. They want to take five days off, spend with their family. Uh, some of them will just, you know, just to relax, you know, a lot of these guys, they'll fly to the Caribbean, like for that, that mm-hmm. couple of days, they'll go to they'll go wherever. Uh, so it really does. Uh, like it starts to wear on them, especially when you're in the midst of a seven game road trip. Like sometimes like the travel isn't great. The sleep isn't great. The bed you sleep in isn't great. And you come out and you're a little flat. You don't have what you your normal juice. And again, we're seeing this team figure out ways and, and that's really cool because it's not all based around like one or two players you have your one or two players that are stars but then they have this collection of players that each of them can step up on any given night and really make it uh, make a big difference whether it's herder or barnes or uh, monk or name that like keegan murray uh trey lyles whatever it is they've got a bunch of guys that can hit, hit you for 20 or 25 on any given night
1: well, there's been a big difference in the first fifty games of this season, James, and I want to talk about that when we return. We got Olivia Christian coming up about thirty minutes from now. Uh, we got Brendan Nunez after that. We got Matt George in the final hour of the show. So much more ahead here. It's D Lo and Casey with James Ham sitting in for Kenny Caraway here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. D Lo and Casey continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. If you want some James Ham knowledge, tune in during those commercial breaks over on twitch.tv slash ESPN1320 and youtube.com slash ESPN1320. Uh, Chatty House is a great way uh, to take part in the conversation. Olivia Christian's going to be with us coming up in 30 minutes. Uh, Brendan Nunez, 2 o'clock hour. Matt George, 3 o'clock hour. Lots of speculation that Matt George is going to drop Drake bars. I, I, <laughs> I, it wouldn't surprise me, uh, but we'll talk to Matt coming up. Uh, in the three o'clock hour, John Poles has asked this question a couple of times. I, I don't want to ignore him. He's asking, "Why are the announcers remote?" And I think yeah, I, I think I know the answer to that. I do the, know the answer. Okay, do do are you comfortable answering it?
2: Yeah, I don't care. Like uh, from what I know, um, they got to a point in the season where Mark is having a difficult time calling the sheer the number of games that he needs to Mm -hmm. and the easiest way around it was to have him in one location where everyone can fly to him so as opposed to uh, as opposed to sending kyle out on a seven game road trip and then having mark pop in and then having to replace studio guests and all that stuff um, they're just doing this seven game trip here and it it makes it easier on these guys like traveling and doing all the stuff that they do is not easy like i've i've covered know, 15 20 games on the road in my hyatt in my highest season and it's brutal especially you know katie has a little one at home like three and a half year old at home like being gone for 14 days that was a huge strain on everybody sure like it's, it's not easy so yeah it's an interesting yeah. thing that they're doing but it's very specific that mark needed
1: like a home base to to do multiple games and I don't have any little ones, but I know that MBA per diem would make me feel a lot better about being on the road for 14 days. Yeah, MBA per diem is great, except for when you're a writer, you don't get MBA well, per diem.
2: No. I mean, I, you Sorry, can James. have a corporate card and, you know, the the expenses and
1: stuff, that's fine, but uh, yeah. Cor- cor- corporate card where you can spend $7 on breakfast and $12 on lunch and $20 on dinner. It went up. It went up much
2: bigger my, my final couple of years where we had... Something crazy like
1: seventy six dollars a meal. Oh wow! It's like, good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. James, for fifty games into the season right now, uh, this Kings team is is eight games over five hundred. Uh, again, they have the opportunity to do more. They actually have the opportunity to match last year's win total tomorrow. Uh, they have the opportunity to get their thirtieth win uh, before the All Star break, which is incredible for so many reasons. I think a lot of us had expectations for this season I think a lot of us had high expectations for this season I don't know how many of us had expectations to where we thought that this team would not only be in the third seed but be in the third seed for a while like they've been sitting at this spot and that's one of my frustrations with the lack of recognition uh, that the Sacramento Kings are getting in the constant digs that people who don't watch basketball like Stephen A. Smith take at them during their live broadcast on national television is this team hasn't fallen into the third seed. This team has earned it. They're one of the few teams, as we outlined earlier in the week, that has not gone through a massive losing stretch. And you can talk about injuries, and you could talk about Zion and Ingram and and all these different things. To quote Kurt Angle, or paraphrase Kurt Angle, Demontis Sabonis is playing with a broken freaking hand. Uh, 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 Keegan Murray has had his hand taped up for hell the whole season here. At this point, it feels like Keegan Murray's <laughs> hand has been taped yeah. up. You had uh, uh, De'Aaron, you know, take like two games off or something to rest his foot, and it, it's it's this there's there's a point, I, and I feel like we've hit it fifty freaking games into this season where you have to acknowledge the Sacramento Kings are a good basketball team
2: yeah here's some crazy stats so they've got 29 wins right now in my this is my 13th season so the previous 12 seasons that's either beat or matched six of them as far as wins right so when we get to 30 we get to 31 we start jumping over a bunch of teams Uh, 32 wins is the third highest win total i've ever seen 33 is the second highest and 39 is the highest so that's where you're in unfamiliar territory and that's why I keep saying that like look a lot of these players they haven't been here before and and it's not easy it's not easy to focus on every single individual game on the road they know how big the Indiana game is they know like the New Orleans game is huge that's huge but it doesn't if you beat if you beat both those but you let off the gas against Houston Mm -hmm. and lose one of those two well what's it what were you doing like it, there's, you have to stay so laser focused. And uh that's one thing that I say about this team, like all season long, they've been extremely locked in and it, you know, again, what was the win total in Vegas? It started at 32 and a half. It went up, I think in the end to 34 and a half.
1: Oh, I didn't see it get as high as 34 and a half. Wow. They're
2: I thought gonna crush I, that.
1: Oh yeah. They absolutely will. I thought the number was 30. The number I, I specifically remember uh, Trista bringing up was 33 and a half, but these are all, you know, different books at different times. Um closing at 34. That I'm not a gambler. Man, that's that that e- e- even if you no matter what your expectations were for this team, that felt like easy money. 34 and a half felt like easy money. Like this it, this <laughs> team as it's made up could not have finished with 33 wins. That's I'll insane. tell you it looked like easy money, but you know how many times I've thought that and They've
2: only, like realist, they've only beat that 34 and a half one time in my 12 years oh. covering the team. They've only, they had the 39-win season. That's the only time that they've hit a 34 and a
1: half point mark, a, 30, a 34 and a half win mark. That's just terrible.
2: Yeah. Just yeah.
1: terrible. Well, they have the yeah. opportunity uh, to get to 30, by beating the Indiana Pacers tomorrow, and I'm not I'm not counting any of the I I feel like they should have won uh, last night. I think San Antonio is a team that you know you need to beat. I absolutely think they need to beat uh, the Houston Rockets both times. I think these other two games are tougher. I know they're not playing well. Uh, I, Indiana will be interesting because of the, the the Tyrese Halliburton factor, and it just appears that that is an absolutely different basketball team when Tyrese Halliburton can't beat on the floor there for him. The evidence shows that that is a completely different basketball team when Tyrese Halliburton isn't around, and I don't know what it means if it's his second game back or his first game back, uh, or, uh, assuming that he does come back, and I, I, I am of the belief that he will, but still, I don't look at the next two as I did San Antonio or as I will Houston. Those are different teams. I don't know what in, I don't know what direction Indiana is going to choose to go in. You know, I think we're entering that territory that you talked a lot about before the season started. Is teams would give it a go and kind of see what happens. And obviously, they, they much like Sacramento, Indiana exceeded a lot of expectations. Indiana exceeded almost everybody's expectations before the season started. And then they got hit with the Tyrese Halliburton issue, and they they you know that wasn't something that they were able to navigate. And so, how do you approach this final stretch? Do you try to make the play in, or does Tyrese start getting some load management games moving forward? Like I, I think we're starting to enter that time, and you talked about that a lot before the season started. But if they want to continue to win games, and I absolutely believe that team is going to want to win tomorrow, I think they're desperate. New Orleans is they're they're extremely desperate uh to get a victory here leading into the All-Star break. I don't look at these next two games the same way.
2: Yeah, I mean if you look at San uh, at New Orleans right now, they've lost 9 in a row. They've they were the number 3 seed before the Kings were. They've plummeted. Like what's happened there with Zion out with uh, they had uh, Brandon Ingram out for a while. They yep. have some a little bit of disjointedness with what's happening with uh, Brandon Ingram and his toe. Um, nine in a row is catastrophic for a team. I mean, that's you're you're getting into danger zone for a head coach. And I'll point out that the Kings play Indiana tomorrow, and then they play New Orleans on Sunday. The Pelicans will be on the third night of a uh, of well, the third game of three and four. Mm -hmm. So they play Thursday night, they play Friday night, they have Saturday off, and then they play Sunday. That's a ton, that's a ton of games between now and then. The Kings have two, they have three, you know, between now and Sunday. So, I mean, that's they're gonna be, you can't let them off the mat. This is one of those games where you have a team that you basically can put out. You can just shut them down and, and make them no longer a factor For the area that you want to be in the playoff standings and it's whether or not you show up and you do it and it doesn't matter who's playing for them you need to show up and you need to have that one last hammer that hits them and and put them in a bad situation and uh like who knows if how the kings will handle that the kings of course have a back-to-back the next day but their back-to-back is way different that's that's in houston like that's not that it's a short plane flight it's not a good team it's a young team that's making mistakes uh, who's missing players, like that is an opportunity to get, you know, really, really make this into a great road trip. Right now it's solid. You need two more wins to to be at 500 for the road trip out of the next four. If you can get three or four wins, this becomes the reason why you are hosting a
1: home playoff series. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. We didn't bring this up yet, but Portland beat Memphis last night. So the Kings actually grabbed a game on Memphis, and while they're not while they're not sputtering in the same way that the Indiana Pacers did, that it's crazy. They've been without Desmond Bain, they've been without John Morant for large stretches, but the guy who seemed to hold everything together was Stephen Adams, and they have really, really struggled without him. Uh, losing to Portland last night, that's a tough one, and, and who he root for. I was more of the mindset memphis is going to be fine just knock portland further down and now all of a sudden the the second spot becomes just a little bit more uh within striking distance
2: yeah i mean the kings are only what two and a half games out uh and the other big game was minnesota uh beating the warriors last night you know if you're the kings you really do have to look at at uh the clippers and the warriors as teams that are going to fight you for the pacific division and you need to you need to have those guys lose games so i I would take a minnesota win over uh over golden state anytime like minnesota's going to be a perfectly fine team come playoff time there especially when they get cat back and whether they can make that work the one downfall is that they don't have a lot of time to put it all together and see if they can find some sort of chemistry between uh between cat and Gobert um but that's they're a scary team but the Golden State Warriors are the reigning champs they know how to to get into a series and and beat you in a million different ways and like whether they're down on their luck right now or not that's not a team the Kings the Kings don't want to be a three six against the the Golden State Warriors